From Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim. Was that me? Yes, it was. Was that him? No, it wasn't. Just a trick of the woods. Just a moment, one peculiar passing moment. Must it all be either less or more, either plain or grand? Is it always or? Is it never and? That's what woods are for, for those moments in the woods. Oh, if life were made of moments, even now and then a bad one. But if life were only moments, then you'd never know you had one. First a witch, then a child, then a prince, then a moment. Who can live in the woods? And to get what you wish only just for a moment? These are dangerous woods. Let the moment go. Don't forget it for a moment, though. Just remembering you had an and when you're back to or makes the or mean more than it did before. Now I understand, and it's time to leave the woods. This is Gothic. We go back to uh, Elk Island. Jason and Gigi, you regain consciousness. Uh, you're being dragged along by two of the rabbit-headed people. And there are a couple of others uh, around you. Gigi, uh, you think you might have just passed out because of the uh, wound you'd already taken. But um, Jason, i got to remember everybody's names too. <laughs> but Jason, you, uh, you feel a new line of blood across your face, like right across your cheek, and and even the ear feels a little loose. And so it, it feels like you probably took a pretty uh, glancing hit, at least, from one of those arrows and uh, may have passed out from that. But these guys are uh, pulling you away from the cabin and into the woods. Jason, you stayed out here for several days, and you know that there's a clearing out there with some weird, like, natural rock formations. And there's some torchlight coming from that uh, space over there. You, you both are kind of woozy and, and not quite able to figure out what's going on. But uh, given that, uh, what would you like to do? And then I'll tell you if you can. Um, yeah, mostly I'd be like, what? what? What are you doing? What do you want with us? They want to kill us, cuz. Shut up, says one of the rabbit-headed things. Read a bad situation. Uh, whichever one of you wishes to do it. Who wait a minute, would, who would wait like a minute. Honor? Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a different game now. We've changed into a different oh, game system. damn it. You're right. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Um, roll. Persuade, dissuade. Um, Identify? Yeah, roll. Uh, read a bad situation. So good for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, yeah, just roll investigate or the what the hell is that first? One? Identify. Identify. <laughs> roll identify. Whichever one of you wishes to do so. Need my d tens. Who has the better identify? I've got four. Unless I've got I can three. finagle Snoop into it somehow, but I don't think that'll work. Okay, here goes. I'm using d tens and not d sixes. Um, seventeen total. Okay, nice. So, uh, Gigi. You notice that those lights, there are those torch lights, but there's also another weird light coming from kind of that direction. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell because it may be coming from over, the road may curve around, may be coming from the road. Uh, it's uh, blue and red flashing lights, it appears. And uh, you realize that there are cop cars coming up the main road. And the rabbit-headed guys notice this at the same time. And, and one of them goes... <sighs> Oh, what do we what do we do? What do we do? And the other one panics a little bit and goes, "Run, run, man, run!" And they just drop both of you. I start screaming as loud as I can. We're up here! We're up here! Help us! And I, I would, as I regain my, you know, balance and stance, uh, try to help Gigi up. Allison, Skeen, are either of them near? Yes, they're they're nearby. The they were also being dragged toward the clearing. You're not sure what state they are in. Uh. Gigi, get the cops. I'll see what I can do for Skeen and Allison. 
Gigi, roll escape for me. Okay. If you're trying to draw the attention of the right people. Of the right people. I can do math. Um, 18. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you were the one who just rolled. <laughs> yes. Oh, we have so, to go back to the That's correct. Tracker. Yeah. It's so weird to roll an 18 after like seven was a good roll. <laughs> go ahead and roll escape for me, uh, uh, Jason. Uh, What is my escape? Oh, my escape's okay. 16. Okay. Nice. Great. Nice. Interestingly, it's, you know, uh, Jason's role that gets Gigi's yell heard. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time uh, that Gigi is yelling, uh, you do notice, uh, Jason, that Allison and Skeen are, are moving slightly. They're not apparently conscious, but they are moving. So they are not dead. <sighs> at about that moment, there's a, you know, that last little bleep of... Um, <laughs> of uh, the the siren as the these three police cars pull into the driveway of the cabin and uh, although two of them show sheriff's department on them the other one is a uh, darker color still has the sheriff's star on it but says sheriff uh, uh, right by the door and uh, the deputies uh, one of whom you've already uh, seen get out but then the um, sheriff um, steps out as well of his car and he stands up and he looks around so he's got um i mean he's not dressed like the others he's got uh he's got these cowboy boots on and he's got uh these you know dark slacks and and he's got this shirt this hat partly unbuttoned and he's got the big hat there's a cool like minor key guitar chord as he comes <laughs> out of the car and you have seen him in the <laughs> distance before but uh, this is the first time you will have actually have met the sheriff and he says what the hell's going on up in here? And I fucked my shotgun. All right. Carl Kane, the younger you, is being taken to a clearing by two rabbit headed, muscular fellows and uh, one less muscular, uh, no longer rabbit headed uh, person, a woman uh, who she seems to uh, know you or to have uh, recognized you as being a member of the Kane family and bearing a striking resemblance uh, to um, someone that she knew. I said I was Joshua's son. She seemed to buy that and uh, was, you know, wanting to know who it was that he had had the affair with. But to clarify all of that, um, she decided to wait until getting you to the clearing, um, which is where you are currently headed. Are you going to continue going along willingly, or are you going to try to make a break for it, or what? what's your plan? Um, yeah, that's a good point, because this is just such a bizarre situation, uh, because young Carl really has no clue what's going on. He has no reason to, you know, he knows he's in danger, and that much he can probably sense. Uh, he knows that whatever these people are doing does not seem normal. These these guys aren't out for a picnic. Something is uh, something is seriously seriously wrong. So you know, I, he does. There is going to be that sense of of wrongness, but he doesn't necessarily know that you know that the level of danger that he's really really in here at at this particular moment. So you know, he's going to go along for just a little bit and see where they're headed. But he'll actually even ask him. He's like, where where are we going? My darling, we're going right up here to this, uh, to this clearing, and then um, we are going to find out what the hell is going on. And uh, there seems to be all sorts of activity in these woods tonight, and uh, I think that it's about time we, um, we got some answers. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit further on here, and, uh, and we're going to see what we see. Well, I, I got to admit, I would love to, to have some answers as to what's going on. This is not what I expected to find here. And one of the rabbit-headed guys kind of pushes you forward. Um, he's the one that uh, has picked up your rifle. The other one still has a bow, of course. What's with the rabbit head? That's a little weird. She leans in to you and says, uh, kind of in a conspiratorial voice, but uh, still loud enough, actually, that the others can probably hear her. She goes, well, this is the way I found them, hon. 
They seem to think that this connects them to nature or something. And maybe it does. I don't know. Well, why, why rabbits? Why not like a squirrel or a raccoon or, you know, I mean, you see a lot more of them than, than, than you do rabbits. Honestly, I think they got a real good deal on these at the warehouse. <laughs> and as she's saying that, you approach the clearing and you see that there are several more of the um, rabbit masked people. There are several uh, stones in this clearing, too, almost in a circle, but they appear to be natural, not, not something human-made. There's also a, a lightning-blasted tree kind of in the middle of this clearing. And so it's just a, a blackened stump, but it's a pretty tall stump, maybe like um, 10 feet tall total. It looks like something that happened long ago or recent. Yeah, it looks like it happened. Mm, yeah, it's, it's weathered a season or two, it appears. Oh, hey, that's been a rough day for that tree there. Oh, no, that, that, that's a while back. Okay. That's a peculiar spot that we, we've got here. Uh, go ahead and... Make a make an identify check. Okay. See what we got here. Uh, I got double fives. Add a five to that for fifteen. Nice. And that is that is a a double on your success. So you get a survival point to add to your pool. Oh wow. You see something moving inside the tree trunk. It's a shape, but it's not a shape with substance. It doesn't appear. It's more of an amorphous, shadowy kind of thing, as if the shadows inside the hollowed-out uh, tree trunk itself are moving. Uh, and I'll kind of recoil from that, just a little bit, a little bit of a jump back. And they're like, "Whoa, hey, whoa! That 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 ain't normal. That ain't um uh what 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 is that?" Uh, the woman says, "What what are you talking about?" At that same moment, you hear gravel crunching on the road that is not too far away from here, and you see the flicker of blue and red lights coming through the trees. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the road isn't like right there, but it's close enough that the, the uh, lights of these approaching cars can be seen, and they're spinning around, and everybody here appears to be starting to freak out as somebody yells, It's the cops! And somebody else goes, what do we do? The woman that is with you uh, looks around uh, startled and scared looking and does not see when the uh, shadowy form in the trunk of the tree kind of explodes upward into the darkness above this clearing unlit by the torches of the rabbit-headed people. Uh, So do I think nobody saw that happen but me? Everybody else seems to be paying attention to the flashing lights, and they're starting to scramble for their weapons or um, huddle together. Uh, some of them are already starting to run. Um, I look like I'm uh, nervous as well. I'm like, oh no, no, the, the police, no, no, we, I, th- this is bad, this is bad. No, I should get out. Of, we, we should get out of here. I don't know what, what. Yes, this is bad. You hear a woman's voice yelling from somewhere in the woods off to your uh, left, uh, approximately where the uh, cars, the police cars, seem to be headed toward. And you hear her yelling, Help us! Hey, help! Help! We're over here! Help! Um, just very loudly and over and over again. The, the two gents that were so kindly helping me along, uh, are they still right next to me as if they're helping me along or have they uh, where is their freak out uh, level at the moment they're still there but they are definitely distracted so how far is it for me to say the the, the wood sort of in the direction that i just heard those yells from how much distance would i have to cover? so the clearing isn't super large or anything it's maybe 20 feet across or 30 uh, so it's not a long run to the woods if somebody was really on top of things, I mean, if this was a wartime situation, they could probably get off a shot or two at you. But uh, these guys don't look like they're trained in that way. So it would probably entirely depend on, if you were going to make a run for it, on what your escape role was. I'm actually going to try to pull a fast one. 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn and look the opposite direction as though something startled me over the tree line. And I say, oh, shit, they're already here. And then I'll bolt the other direction, which would be in the direction of those voices. See if I can't pull a little uh, obfuscation and get them to, to look into the tree line. Okay. Well, you are trying to obfuscate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're trying to obscure. Uh, they are trying to pursue you, uh, not in a not in a necessarily running you down kind of way, right? But uh, they're going to kind of follow along with what I was attempting to do, right? So um, I'm going to roll because you've already done so, <laughs> and I'm going to roll my pursue against your obscure. Nine, so fourteen. Uh, my obscure is a five. That is a fifteen. Uh, so I could spend some tension points, and in fact, I think I'm going to do so. This is not a, a risky maneuver for you. They're not actually trying to shoot you. He's trying to tackle you as you run the other direction. So I'm going to spend. I'm going to spend one tension point on this in order to match yours and that means you look one way and uh, you you say that they're already here and they both look that direction but then as soon as you start to bolt uh, the one uh, that's got your rifle just like doesn't smack out with it to like knock you out but he like kind of just jams it out in your way and you stumble over it and um, then he's coming for you foiled by my own rifle so when I stumble over the rifle, does he? What does he stick down to trip me up with the the uh, rifle end or the butt end? Uh, the butt end. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Uh, so I assume he kind of like you know sticks it out, goes to to trip me up, and and down I'm going. Mm-hmm. As that happens, I'm I'm going to try to grab the rifle. That puts him in an awkward position with no leverage. If I can grab the bottom end of this rifle, I can get it back. Okay. So yeah, you're kind of you're falling, but you're you're grabbing out mm-hmm. and and trying to grab this thing, this the the rifle end. Um so what is your uh, your ultimate goal here? What's your hope to do with the you get a hold of it and then what? To wrench the rifle away. Well, then I'm armed. I mean, that puts me a little more back on equal footing. Uh but I also I I don't think I'm actually going to go into a full offense. I think I'll basically want to try to grab the rifle, roll out of it and run away. Okay. I think I'm going to have you do escape again, then. Yeah, push my escaper a little better, but maybe the dice gods will favor me. Uh, not particularly well. Uh, that's only an 11. Yeah, 11 mm. total. Do you wish to spend a survival point to re-roll? Uh, you know, I just got one. What the heck? Let's, I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling lucky. I'm feeling lucky. Come on. I mean, that is better, but uh, it's only a 14 total. Hmm, yeah, you're looking for the 15. Yeah, um, um, what I got. You uh, can continue to spend survival points on it, if you so desire. I mean, there's only so many of those. Um, what the heck, let's do one more, and then, then we're going with it no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, at least, yeah, I finally got a better roll. We're 18. It got me up to 18 on it. And that's higher than what I wish to spend tension points on. Uh, and also, you have... Spent a fine number of survival points on that roll. Uh, so. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you you grab a hold of it um, as you're falling, and um, you're wrenching at it. But he's holding on really good until he realizes that he's got the barrel in and it's pointed like right at his chest. And then he kind of pushes it away from him and and kind of dances off to one side. So you've got this rabbit-headed, big muscular rabbit-headed guy kind of prancing away from the um, line of the barrel of the rifle. So you've got it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, follow their example and rabbit away as fast as I can. Oh, uh, as you scramble back to your feet, there you start hearing people yelling around you, not in the same way that they were yelling before as a, let's get out of here kind of yelling, but uh, screams of, of fear as um, something snakes down out of the trees as they are, uh, as these rabbit headed guys are getting closer to the trees and snatch them up into the canopy. 
uh, almost like snakes or tentacles of black, shadowy substance. It's not everywhere, but it's like here and there, a person gets um, yanked up. And you you see that, uh, although she looked back at you once when you started fighting with her minion there, the woman turned and bolted herself uh, toward the uh, nearest section of woods. And you are just in time to see her, uh, as she dives into the woods, get snatched up by something and just yanked up into the air, into the trees. You know, so there's that moment in the scene where, uh, you know, Harry, I'm trying to scramble to my feet and run off and, and kind of the vision view whips around and you see that happening. And young Carl sees uh, that happening. And in that split second on his face, you see him just kind of shake his head and be like, I have got to be dreaming. This has to be a dream as he's just still scrambling forward and running towards the edge of the wood. Jason, you are. Uh, you were standing there, I believe, flagging down the uh, cop cars. No, you were. What were you doing? I was checking on the condition of Skeen and Allison. Uh, right. So you are bent over Skeen and Allison, who are very close together, and you have determined that uh, they are both alive, it appears. Um, they are not conscious, but they are alive. And. Uh, Dr. Grace was, damn it. <laughs> That's my new name, Dr. Grace, damn it. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't run this game anymore. Somebody else do it. <laughs> Gigi. Yes. You are a little lightheaded from uh, loss of blood. You were shouting for aid to show up, for the cops to show, but you... You can't quite keep it all together and keep stumbling or just sitting on the ground and staring. Yeah, I think I was just lying on the ground. Lying on the cold, hard ground. Oh! Once again, not yet the musical episode. <laughs> I was just doing a screaming goat impersonation. <laughs> Here we are. And three police cars have just pulled up. Two police cars and a police bronco. But uh, out of the bronco has stepped a uh, figure, the sheriff, who steps out of the, the, um, the bronco and starts shouting orders, looking around and seeing, kind of taking in the whole situation. And um, he sends one of his deputies who leaps out of uh, one of the other police cars, uh, sends one of his deputies running toward Gigi. And the other one is going out toward the running figures, the rabbit-headed figures who are running, fleeing out into the woods. Some of them toward the clearing where there are uh, torchlights and more yelling out there. Anyway, so that's uh, what's going on. Um, what do you do, uh, Jason? So they're going toward Gigi, and Gigi's between me and the, and the cops. Uh, so one is going toward Gigi, and she's kind of, uh, she is between you and the cops, but she's a little bit off to the side. It's not like a direct line kind of thing. Okay. Um, as I noticed the one, like, heading off towards the woods after them, I, I was, I just, uh, holler out, Be careful, they have bows and arrows, and I don't know what other kind of weapons. Knives. You hear, uh, one of the, uh, deputies, uh, you recognize the voice, Gigi, it's the one who had, uh, given you a ride there that first day mm -hmm. uh, here in, um, in town. And, uh, that deputy, uh, Deputy Xander McPherson, he, he, um, yells out something like, bows and arrows? Well... <laughs> this sentiment is echoed by, uh, Sheriff Martin Glim. Certainly not bows and barrettes. Or bows and ribbons. Gigi, you're not sure if you have said that out loud or just thought it really loudly in your head. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I'd also like to holler out, um, I guess just ask the other ones besides the one that's running off into the trees. Do we have an ambulance on the way? I think we need some help. Uh, the other deputy, the one whose name you, um, I'm not sure if you ever knew uh, his name, but he, as he comes to kneel down next to Gigi, goes, It's all right, miss. Uh, we'll get you into town and get you safe. And then he is wrenched up into the air by something black and ropey that snakes down from the trees overhead and yanks him upward after having coiled around him like a python or an anaconda. 
from that documentary series, Anaconda <laughs> 1 through 4. <laughs> you know, the one hosted by uh, the Knight Rider guy. Wow. The voice or David Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I start scrabbling away from where that just happened. Uh, the sheriff yells out something, and then he too is yanked up into the trees. Oh god, Jason, they have octopus people. <laughs> Jason, what do you do? Um, can I see the tentacles, or is it, like, t- too dark to really, like, make them out from the sky, from the black sky? Uh, so you mean you're looking up into the trees and, and trying to, uh, trying to see, see what's like, up there? Trying to see, what exactly just happened to the the sheriff and the deputy. Yeah, so you saw the uh, ropey thing come down and wrap around the sheriff and and maybe the deputy too, but definitely the sheriff. And uh, then he's yelling, his hat falls off, and he's oh, no, like scrabbling for his scrabbling for his gun, and he's wrenched up into the into the air. Uh, but once he's taken up into the trees, you don't see you don't really see him. You just hear yells. Oh. And then a gun, fi- then some gunfire. Oh Boom. Jesus! Okay, Boom. yeah. And then my next question was be would be what kind of weapons do I have at hand? Um, is the shotgun still um with me or near me? Um, is there any other guns, rifles nearby? Um, are any of the bows and arrows left over from the rabbit people? Can you block a tentacle with the sh- with the haft of an axe? Yes, any of those things are available to you if you spend a survival point. Okay. <laughs> Um, on the survival point note, are we, where, we're basically where we were at, or did we lose some during our unconscious trip out? Uh, as far as you, uh, med- well, <laughs> because when we came back, I had like a major head wound and I just want to make sure I still have my three, or did I lose one during that whole thing? You both have all of your survival points. Oh. Oh, oh, thank Christ. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So back up to five. You are back up to the full five. Okay. Well, four since I'm going to spend it on the shotgun. And I will snatch that up and move over to Gigi. And I don't know what to do about Allison and Skeen. Let's get to the cars. Let's (sighs) I can't carry them, but let's get to the cars. I'm I'm mostly going to worry about Gigi right now since the other two are unconscious. You hear screams. Out in the trees. So the rabbit people are getting taken by the tentacles, too. Yes, appears to be. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Gigi, we got to run. Can you get up? I'll try. Okay, and as as I'm running towards her and help lift her up, I'm also keeping an eye overhead, watching out for whatever might come by and lift us up into the sky. Um, And going towards any kind of light source, the nearest cop car, the... Whatever the nearest light source is, so that I can have a better view of what's going on around me. That's going to probably be the headlights of the Bronco, which kind of pulled in front of the other two police cars. That would be the one, then. Um, Roll escape for me, Jason. Uh, Oh, okay. Um, Two D10s. Indeed it is. Ooh, that's not good. Uh, Twelve total. Okay. You run toward the Bronco, and... Uh, just as you're getting up up to it, uh, something big and heavy and meaty falls on the hood of the Bronco. It uh, it actually hits the windshield as well, smashes the windshield, and it only takes you a, a few it takes you a few stunned seconds to realize that what it is it is the severed torso of Sheriff Martin Glim. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Uh. I mean, of course, there's that frightened, just like stop and almost try and like pull back as much as you can to really take in the scene of what happened. Um. As Jason starts looking upwards and around, just to make sure that nothing else is going to be falling on them at the moment. I, I'm still. Uh, I still think getting there first is going to be the the best option we have. One of the police cars is flipped over by a tentacle that comes down from above. This one thicker and meaner than the others. It, it, you can see that it's made of uh, not of any real substance. It's almost smoky, uh, but it seems to have real tactile abilities, obviously. But you can see this close to it that there's like spikes 
that uh, are jutting out from it, black shadowy spikes, but those spikes wind around going underneath the police car and then just sort of reel it up like a yo-yo and it spins around in midair and then crashes onto its side and rolls over onto its uh, hood. How near was that one to the Bronco that we're heading towards? Uh, about uh, 10 feet away. Oh, jeez. And you're right up in the lights of the Bronco right now. And of course, like I said, the, the windshield is smashed in. Now there's blood sprayed all across the windshield and the hood. In frightened panic at that point, like, paused in the, in front of the headlights of the Bronco. Um, <laughs> Frozen in the headlights. Right? <laughs> Almost um, like just a rabbit. Just paused, just looking for any target to possibly aim at and pull my pull the trigger to the shotgun for like like in in the horror movie when there's just chaos going all around and you see the person just sitting there um bathed in the light just swinging around and the camera pans around them as they're looking around yeah um, yeah yeah gg huddled down next to me and we're just trying to figure out a way to get out of here and i'm gonna be like what do we do, Gigi? What so maybe, is going on? Maybe we don't get inside the cars unless we can leave in one of them quickly. You're being rather calm about this. I have no other way I know how to be. Uh, I am actually going to roll a persuade against you, Jason. And I am going to... Um, everything's happening all around. You're a little bit crazed. A little bit, you know, flustered. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, so if uh, I succeed at this, then I'm going to have you just fire wildly up into the sky. Okay. And I got 22. Oh, it geez. looks like I'm firing up into the sky. Oh, I'm no. shooting at everything that's coming at me. Okay, so it's like boom, boom, boom. Just you're shooting blindly. Gigi, what are you going to do? Good grief. I don't even know. Probably just like crouching, uh, completely bewildered. Uh, I originally was thinking, like, maybe I should go under a car, but that seems like a qu quite a nice way to die. So, I don't know, I'm just, like, keeping a low profile, <laughs> trying to present as small a target as possible. Gigi, I'm gonna need more shells. I do, I do, I do have more. I took more shells. I f start fumbling them out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you finally, you know, you, you came to your senses when you ran out of shells. Um, Jason, you were just click, you know, pulling the trigger. Why don't you go ahead and roll a, a roll an assault for me, Jason? Because you were just you were firing up into the trees toward the yep, you know where the things were. Yep, and you were the one that rolled that one. Okay, mm, assault. Ooh, uh, eighteen. Eighteen. Um, let's see. Let me look. Okay, uh, you hit. The uh, you, you hear something that isn't human. It's not quite a scream, and it's not quite a roar, but it's something like... <laughs> and then several of the tentacles withdraw from this immediate area. That is followed by, alas, a rain of deputies and their parts. I want to grab Jason and just start running towards where I... The, my best recollection of where the road is. Get in the Bronco! Get in the Bronco! J I'm assuming it's going to retaliate against us? Let's leave immediately. Well, the lights are on. It's still running. The The cops just barely got there. Let's get in and go. Mm-hmm. Roll and identify for me, GG. Okay. If I could pick up both of my dice, it would be great. Um, Math is hard. Math is hard. Uh, 20... 20. Yes. Uh, so uh, as you grab Jason, you're, you're like shoving shells into, um, into his hand and he's fumbling them and trying to get them into the shotgun. And uh, you're looking over his shoulder and you see Skeen start to get up and get to their knees just right next to um, Allison. Let's drive the Bronco up next to them, pick them up and then leave. Well, get in. Let's go. I'm down with that plan. I do that. Just out of curiosity. In which direction was the scream from whatever creature beast thing? Oh, good question. Where was that coming from? So above, but uh, a little bit deeper into the trees, like toward the the clearing where the uh, torchlight is that direction, which is past, uh, just past uh, Skeen and Allison there by the edge of the woods. Okay. 
Um, I assume I'm going for the driver's side, and as soon as GG, before she even has the door closed, I am throwing that thing into gear and wheeling towards Skeen and Allison. I actually am going to get in the back seat so that when uh, when Jason pulls up uh, next to Skeen and Allison, I can drag him into the back. And it's going to be quick, because I'm basically going to drive right up, like, looking like I'm going to hit him, and then just cranking the wheel, and then skidding off to the side a little bit so that they're on that side and can jump right in too. And I scream out, hold on! And like... What would you like to argue to roll for that? Um, I'm going to say protect. Okay, yeah, nice. That's a good that's one. Good. That's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely roll protect. And you're shooting for a 15 here. Ooh, I got the 15. Um, 17, or sorry, 16. 16. Oh, let's see. Let me check my uh, Dead of Night tracker here. And I see that I have eight tension points, but the tension level is at 13, which means I can spend these on all sorts of things. No! So I'm going to spend a tension point. That will bring both of them down one. And, um, oh wait, I'm, I'm going to have to bring it down to a 14, so I have to spend two. <laughs> and I'm going to say that, yeah, you fail that. This wasn't a risky maneuver for you but it's kind of risky for them. So what I'm going to do is, um, in order for you not to, like, run over, like, just hit skiing right in the head with the bumper, the bloody, already bloody bumper of the uh, Bronco, and also, you can't, uh, the, the body of the sheriff part of it is still there on the hood right in front of you. And uh, so I'll need you to spend a, a, a survival point to not... Uh, do not hit skiing. Um, that sounds great. So I, I realize that my skid isn't going to work, and it looks like it's I'm going to hit skiing. So I crank the wheel back again so that it fishtails, and I get that kind of swoop around skiing and Allison, and we just barely manage to miss them um, and have them positioned on the side of the Bronco uh, to let them in the passenger side. And you manage to hit a tree with the back end of the Bronco at the same time. Oh, yay. However, I just cost you a uh, survival point, but uh, that was a pretty uh, pretty, pretty nifty little maneuver you made a go of there. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to give you one back. <laughs> However, uh, it did allow me to raise my tension points. Of course. As you, GGR, you feel um, strangely better than you did before. I mean, you thought you were about ready to completely lose it. Mm -hmm. You... You thought you were just going to bleed out right there on the ground. And now, although it's almost like you are dealing with a phantom pain, and uh, you look down as you are getting ready to pull in the other two, and you realize that where that blade went into your stomach, it looks like it's just scarred over. Like it's been healing for a couple of months, maybe. All right. We'll unpack that later. Uh, I want to pull Skeen and uh, Allison into the vehicle with uh, renewed energy now that I know I'm not going to, like, tear my stomach lining open. And uh, we're going to go uh, deeper into the woods, uh, go to Carl at the moment. Uh, I am, this, one, this next one is a risky check, and it is an assault. So here we go. Oh, goodness. That is a grand total of 10. You know, I think I got that beat. Uh, I think 14 is what you're looking for if it's against my protect. Uh, protect or escape? Uh, well, conveniently, those are both four. Okay. So Well, in that case, either one is good. And as you're running, you, you see this something snake out of the, out of the trees and wrap around the the guy that is, is kind of running after you. He's not necessarily chasing you, but this is the one that had the uh, the rifle, and he gets wrapped around by this, like a boa constrictor of shadows coming down out of the out of the treetops, and it just yanks him spinning up into the shadows above, and you hear him scream. And somewhere nearby, a, a body falls back to the ground. Uh, you see it fall, but you don't see the the outcome uh, of that, of if they're okay or not. So I want to run a little ways away. I, I don't, I'm not, you know, uh, going too far. 
I want to bolt into the woods to the point where I don't think there's anybody behind, directly behind me anymore. And I kind of want to do the stop and spin around and check my surroundings and check the rifle okay. to make certain that it's, it's functioning, loaded, ready to go, uh, and see if anybody's pursuing. Kind of maybe, you know, get behind a tree a little bit and look around while I do that. You do. You get, um, you get settled in behind a tree. You check the rifle, and it's, it's in the same shape it was when you dropped it on the ground uh, not too long ago and when it was picked up by... Uh, the uh, rabbit-headed guy. So it seems to be in working order. And you just hear yells all around, and yells from a new direction, not just the area of the um, outskirts of that clearing, but also where you heard the um, woman yelling earlier, uh, yelling presumably at the police cars to help. Uh, that's the direction I want to run now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move that way, but I'm not going to do the dead run. Uh, I'm going to do a fairly cautious run uh, with the rifle kind of at the ready and dress forward as quickly as I can towards that direct. Once again, kind of giving that shake of the head. Well, this certainly can't get any weirder, can it? You hear a couple of gunshots from the area of what you can now see as a cabin uh, there in the woods. Uh, one that appears to have a short driveway that goes out to the main road. And as such, you, you recognize it. Uh, it's changed uh, over the years, but uh, the framework is still there. The bones are still there. This is the uh, old cane hunting cabin. Young Carl's going to like have that moment because he was moving along at a quick pace, and he sees the cabin and suddenly realizes where he is. There's that moment of he knows exactly where, although it does look different. And he'll stop and look around again with a very confused look on his face, check the rifle one more time, and then continue forward towards those. All right. And with that, we'll go back over to you, Gigi. You are right in that the um, the thing is not going to be very pleased with you having shot at it with a shotgun. But Jason was the one that shot at them. Yeah, but we're together. Oh, okay. I need you, Gigi, to roll a protect to pull okay. Skeen and Allison into the car before the tentacle gets to one of them. Before the tentacle gets to one of them. Because a tentacle is snaking down. You see it out of the corner of your eye. It's coming down now fast out of the, out of the sky almost, out of the blackness. Not out of the trees, it doesn't seem, but out of a, a blackness that's above that uh, is, is overhanging everything like a cloud cover. You can't see the full moon anymore. All hail the glow cloud. It's a 21. 21. I do not wish to make that uh, enough lower to... <laughs> to affect that so you get both of them pulled in just as the tentacle like slaps down and and wraps around allison's leg but you you yank on it and um and her her shoe goes flying off but you pull her into the bronco as soon as i notice that they're even close to being in that gas pedal is is down and i'm Peeling dirt and grass and everything is flying out the back of the Bronco as as I'm trying to take off. Yeah, I'm also like screaming at Jason to go even as he's already doing it. Go, go, go! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need an escape from you, Jason. All right. 17. 17. Mm. Is there a help out roll in Dead of Night? I don't remember. I don't feel like there is. What? I'm trying to look at my cheat sheet. The character may re-roll a single check. Yeah, I have that that I could do it myself if I wanted, but I don't know if I have uh, interrupt another character's action or gain initiative. But um... okay, well, yeah, you can negate the effect of another character's survival point expenditure. But yeah, that's not, that's you not don't really want to do that. Well, that's fine. I was just wondering. I uh, it's been a, a, a hot second since we played Dead of Night, so. You could pick up a new specialization here in the spur of the moment. <laughs> I could introduce another element into the story. There's a different tentacle that attacks the first one. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so I am going to go ahead and spend the three, and you're kind of having to crane up to see your way as you're driving, Jason, because the body is still there in front of you. Somehow it's just hanging on right there. And and you kind of bob to one side, and then you realize that your Jeep is, like, right in front of you. And you smash into it with the uh, Bronco. The airbags go off. Oh, no. Right in your face. It stinks. And you get that smell of uh, uh, 
cardboard and lace. Smelly. <laughs> um, so Skeen was kind of coming to uh, Allison. Allison is not yet, no. But Skeen is, is coming to, and, and they are like, Oh, what the, what's going on? I would like to slither into the front seat and grab the shotgun, which I assume Jason's no longer using because he's driving, and uh, start, you know, pointing out the windows. Also, uh, just kind of like, Durr, let's stick our head out the window. (laughs) 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 I'm going to like, kind of like lean out and see what kind of damage actually occurred um, to both the Bronco and the Jeep. You, uh, you can do that, and I'll give you a survival point for that, um, <laughs> that very horror movie thing to do. <laughs> yeah, earn those survival points. Get them. Get them. And there's steam coming up from the radiator of the Bronco, and one of the headlights is uh, bashed out. The Jeep it has been uh, pushed uh, to the side at an angle on the driveway now. And uh, the front end of it is uh, pretty bashed up as well. Uh, so there you go. Um, is the Bronco still running at this point? Yes. Dang. We'll come back for the Jeep later, Jason. No, it's not that. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> contemplating on how to react to the... Because, I mean, the radiator's blown in this. Uh, we're not going to get too far. And we've got a good road to get around the island. Um, and I don't want to be breaking down in the middle of the woods on the way down. Um, but I think it can get us to, oh, sh- never mind. It's in a ditch. <sighs> um, to the uh, yeah, Robert. to the, um, to the Martin, S- the, the Skeen Sweet Auburn. Right. The Auburn. Would someone like to spend a survival point for there to be a winch on the front of the, uh, Bronco? Uh, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, I mean, it, it's, it. it's, uh, yeah, uh, I'll spend it. It's like. The sheriff's, it's got a winch anyway, because, you know, it's the sheriff's car. Yeah, yeah, you see it as you're, as you duck out the window and, and look. <laughs> yeah, I see, like, the little frame, like, over the top of the grill, and, and actually I want to reach out and grab, like, the leg of the sheriff and pull him off of the hood as best I can. <laughs> okay. It, it, it flops off of the edge with a sloppy slurping sound. And then I'm going to gun it again and head toward the Auburn. Um, uh, and along the way, I'm instructing Gigi. I'm like, okay, when we get there, I need you to um, get the get the keys from Skeen as best you can. And we need to winch this thing out of the ditch and, and get moving as quickly as possible as soon as we get to the Auburn. You wrench the, uh, you wrench the, the Bronco around and you're going to one side of the uh, Jeep and then... There's just this grinding as you as the whole back end of the of the Bronco kind of bucks up and you stop. I wait. I want to point the shotgun out the window, but pointing back at the rear of the. Uh, yeah, I'm going to point the shotgun at the back of the Bronco because I'm assuming it's a tentacle. Okay. Uh, yeah. So from inside, did you say, or you're leaning out the? No, door? I'm leaning out the window. If it is a tentacle, I will fire at it. Okay. Uh, there's no. I mean, you think maybe yes, uh, but go ahead and. You can roll either attack or escape. Um, assault. It's the same number. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, assault or escape. Yeah, but I'll need you to choose which one you want to do because one of those may do different things. survival point damage to the baddie, while the other one is going to be more likely maybe to allow you to get away. Well, I want to get away primarily, but I think I'm pissed at this point, and I want to hurt this thing, and I will roll assault. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a ten plus four. It's a fourteen. Would you like to spend a survival point to re-roll that? You said uh, we rack up to full survival points, right? Yep. I will re-roll that. That's better. It's a uh, twenty-two. I don't have even enough tension points if I wanted to to uh, change that, and I can't because things have dropped. Tension level goes 10. up, of course. Yes. Ooh, now it's enough for me to spend on anything. <laughs> okay, so you fire backwards and kaboom. Uh, actually, it goes up some more because you cost him a survival point as well. Um, yeah, there's a... Uh, you feel it. You, you feel that you, you hit it. Uh, there's sort of a, a vibration goes through the Bronco. And I'm just still spinning wheels trying to go forward. Uh, give me an escape, then. 
Jason? Well, uh, that's what I'm wondering, is if it's still holding on. Am I still kind of spinning wheels trying to get away from it? It is, yes. The fact that I noticed that it, it was wounded and it shook the Bronco, I'm going to wrench it, wrench the gear uh, shifter into reverse really quick and then just, like, slam it backwards and try <laughs> and dislodge before putting it back into drive and going forward again. Uh, Patrick, real quick, uh, when you roll double numbers double, double numbers on your dice, if it succeeds, you get an, a, a survival point, right? Yes, you do. I roll double nines, so I'm back to five. Also, uh, make sure you tell me uh, if you get a 13. Right. <laughs> well, double nines is not a 13, so. And at 13 comes um, when the sum of any dice roll equals 13. Um, so it's not the check. It's the it's the numbers on the dice. Yeah, yeah. All right. So where were we? Uh, Jason was oh, putting the reversing the and then going forward. All right. Then don't roll me escape. Well, I guess you could. You could either roll escape or assault if you're trying to deal it more damage, which will not necessarily get you free from it. Yeah. Um. I think my escape is better. So at this point, I'm just trying to dislodge from the tentacle and go forward. Okay. Uh, sixteen. Uh, 16. Sorry, 17. <laughs> I'm going to be so cruel. 17. And I'm going to spend tension points yeah. on that <laughs> to make it fail. That's I'm fine. going to spend a survival point to counteract. Oh, oh, well, not to counteract, but you can re-roll. Oh, I can, I can re-roll? I can't do it to negate your tension points? I, because I didn't spend any survival points oh. uh, to do that. I spent tension points. But you can re-roll. Ooh. Okay. I'll re-roll. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> I'm so scared now. I thought that was a pretty decent roll. <laughs> oh, that's better. Yay! <laughs> that was 19 plus my 6, so 25. Ooh. 25. Okay, I, I don't have enough to do anything about that. Nice. Oh, yeah, you, you roll backwards, and uh, then you jam it into into uh, forward, and, and you, because forward, that's a, that's a setting in a car. <laughs> forward. <And laughs> <laughs> Go forward, and um, it it shakes the whole Bronco like a dog with a you know with a a bone or a a stick. But then, just as the back wheels hit the dirt and you just jam the accelerator down, there's a kaklunk, and then you break free. Like the whole bumper comes flying off, like it just barely <laughs> yeah. had a tentative grip on us, and the bumper like goes that. flying off the back of the Bronco. Totally tremors action going on there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the uh, back bumper is ripped off, and then you are flying forward, and um, someone leaps out into the uh, light, the one remaining light of the Bronco, and jumps on the passenger side. Who is it? Uh, you tell me. It's on your side. It's not easy to tell because they're kind of hanging on and just yelling. You can't really quite tell what they're yelling either. Do they have bunny ears on their head? They do not. They're wearing military fatigues. Pull them in. Pull them in. Uh, Pull them in. Are you sure? This could be one of our... Fine. Hang on. I'll grab the... uh, I'll do one of the, like, bro, like, forearm clasps and, like, keep, keep him held on to the outside of the vehicle. Let's see. I'm making you roll a lot, but roll or protect. Okay, protect. That's a great attribute. It's a fabulous attribute of Gigi's. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> 18 for uh, protect. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, then you're wheeling down the um, down the uh, road, and uh, you you just you're careening down the road, and there's steam coming off of the radiator and into the cab, and uh, but yeah, you get down there and you get to the uh, the Auburn. And by this point, Skeen is um, almost fully conscious again, and they are working on Allison. Skeen, do you have the key? The keys to the Auburn? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, sure. And um, tosses the keys up. <laughs> right. Um, Jason, have you ever winched a car out of a ditch before? Because I have not. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that won't be hard. I can see the controls on the console here on the left side of um, the steering column. So, I mean, that is not going to be a problem. I've had to deal with that in the past. I've worked with many different kinds of winches in the circus. Um, I don't need to explain it, but yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You uh, tell me where so to So as soon as we thing. pull up, I'm going to, like, 
just swing the Bronco into like the best position, knowing that I'm going to have to get up under the carriage of the Auburn and and wrap that cable under there as quickly as possible. Maybe I will like just tell Gigi, um, get on the controls. As soon as I say okay. go, flip it in, flip it into um, retract. Which button am I looking at? Listen, These ones I over can... here next to the console. Okay. They're, they're self-explanatory. Right. It's, oh, I see retract. Okay. The figure who had been on the side of the car leaps off and uh, helps uh, Jason secure the thing, still without having said anything. I'm sorry, what was your name? Uh, as you get the, uh, the winch hooked on to the Auburn, and uh, as Gigi hits the button to pull it up out of the ditch, uh, the uh, figure stands up and is caught in the light of the Bronco, and you see that it looks for all the world like a younger Carl... What? Gigi's not drinking anything, but she does a spit take anyway. (laughs) And that wraps it up for uh, this episode of the Gothic Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Oh my god. Older Carl, you are indeed old, and you are old and wearing a hospital gown, and you are in the woods. Uh, You are at a high enough altitude that there is still snow on the ground from the snow flurries uh, the night a few nights back when it it snowed uh, when the ferry first brought most everybody over. And there's that moment where where old Carl will kind of pull the the hospital gown in a little tighter and closer. Ah, forgot how it's always so damned cold. You feel that there is someone or something nearby. There's no way of telling where in the woods you are other than relatively high up, at, because there's just trees everywhere around you. I'll kind of look around, kind of pan the area, and if I can sense them, I'll just say it out loud. I mean, you might as well come on out. I'm pretty defenseless. You hear a whispering, kind of in the breeze, the rustling of the, of the trees, and you hear, hear a voice say, what form would you like me to take? Your true one, if possible. With that, a figure steps out from the trees, and you know that she? It seems to be an almost feminine shape, but uh, it's a very it's a very anime-like, you know, <laughs> a naked anime figure, <laughs> kind of a feminine shape. Uh, no real uh, defining characteristics to it, just a glowing form, and you realize that uh, there wasn't that glow before, so in manifesting, the creature, whatever it is, has also taken on this uh, glowing aspect. It's not a bright, bright glow like a lantern or a torchlight. It's, it's more like candlelight glow, and it moves around inside of a sort of an almost transparent self. The word that comes to mind immediately is Will-o'-the-Wisp, but a Mm -hmm. Will-o'-the-Wisp whose light is surrounded by this feminine form. Uh, You know, Carl, I'm going to just look at the form for a moment, uh, and not really so much shock, but almost awe, you know, that that something like this really, truly does exist. He'll say, you know, I uh, think we probably could have saved a lot of time if we had just started with this. Oh, I don't know about that. and, uh, in fact, you, you currently are um, only talking to me because something's happened somewhere. And she, she, if she is a she, she looks around and doesn't quite sniff the air, but almost seems to be taking in the essence of uh, the night. And I suppose you need my help. No, I just need to regain my strength so that I can take your body over again. Well... That's quite interesting. Why did you choose this place? To stop? Oh, oh no, this isn't anywhere. This is just on the way. Ah, I understand. And why do you need such an old form? We're going up there. She looks and and you realize that you're not on a flat. You're on a, a slope. And in the light cast by her body, you see that this uh, slope goes upward to your, we'll call it left. And uh, it's it's not easy going. It doesn't look like it's not too rough, but uh, it's uh, it's it's enough that uh, 
you realize that now your muscles are feeling a bit of strain as the whatever supernatural force uh, she is exerting whenever she's inside of you is kind of fading off. Would it be easier if I just climbed and you followed? Um, well, I don't know if your body can handle that. Isn't that true one way or another? Well, no. When I am inside of you, I am able to use some of my energy to motivate you, quite literally. Wouldn't it have been easier to pick somebody younger, somebody who's more capable? It would have, but they would not have been the brother of Lazarus Cain. Yeah, not a lot of us float around, I suppose. And that's important to you, isn't it? I believe it's important to what needs to be done. You know a lot of details about that. Well, I don't quite know what tricks you might have up your sleeve. Well, I was hoping maybe you could fill me in on a few things. Shed some light on the situation. She chuckles, and Anne rolls her neck around. Uh, there's no cracking sound, because she's made up almost entirely of ectoplasm and energy. But, uh, <laughs> well, what would you like to ask? Perhaps I know the answer, perhaps I do not. Let's start with your connection with my family. Why? Why are we so important? You keep getting us all riled up. And, well, that means that uh, that which was may once again come to pass. I just hope to um, push that along a little bit. Is this about the cat? The cat? Yes, that's where it all started. My brother and the cat. Oh, oh, Carl. (laughs) No, 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 no. This all started a long, long time ago. Fair enough. Is that when it started for my family again? Um, no. Hmm. With your family, it is interesting, the connections you have. It wasn't clear before to me. I haven't had this much, um, how shall I say it, uh, autonomy uh, for centuries? Millennia? I'm not sure. But uh, in any case, um, when I began to be aware of my selfness, um, I believe, was when your grandfather, would it have been? It's so difficult to this, um, built the lighthouse. But you're not the only one, or the only thing, experiencing this new autonomy? Goodness, no. We are many. We are memories made manifest. I'm not sure. It's, I'm still coming to uh, an understanding of what we are. But you're connected to my family. That's why you need me. Only peripherally. I just believe that uh, your um, family has made efforts in this direction and that uh, it is your your bloodline that, that has a chance of, well, waking us all up, maybe? I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm working on some speculation here, it's true. So you've been asleep for a long time. In many ways, yes. And what will you do when you're awake? Oh, oh but even more autonomy has come to me uh, in the past, what, two or three days? To the point where I can know the passage of time ever since that one opened the book and was devoured by it. What was his name? Kitteridge. Yes, the book your grandfather wrote. I see. And you don't know what's in the book? Mm, he wrote things that he saw, um, things he saw that, uh, if I were to see them, uh, would rend me apart, probably. So it has great power, the book. And, uh, what's up there, pointing up the direction that he means to go? What's so important that you need to get me? Up there are the tunnels, and beneath the tunnels, well, that's our destination then, isn't it? The, the heart of the island. Are you, um... Rested enough? I believe I am. Uh, certainly. Let's give this a shot. Um, although, if you'd like, I'm willing to try to climb a little first. Hmm. I'm not sure that I risk you dying on this slope. And with that, she glides closer and closer, and the light becomes brighter and brighter, and then you are not aware anymore. And there's kind of that moment as that vision or the awareness fades away that you can just hear Carl kind of mutter under his breath, well, at least this is warm. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, 
starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks. Does Cthulhu use male pronouns? Mr. Tentacles. Mr. Tentacles. Mr. Tentacles. Bring this is not. Nightmare. <laughs> the musical episode. Make it the creepiest. <laughs> that I've the tentacles. The tentacles. <laughs> <laughs>